My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast, and the Vedic Astrology Mentorship Program is now open for enrollment at quietmindastrology.com slash mentorship, or you can just go to astrologymentorship.com. So this only opens once a year, and we have an amazing group joining us already from around the world, and you can check it out right now for a limited time. Enrollment is open, and then I focus on serving everyone inside of the program with a four-month training, live weekly mentorship calls, and much, much more. You can check it all out at astrologymentorship.com or the link in the bio. Today, I want to talk about what's really possible with Vedic astrology. So if this is something that you've been exploring, curious about, listening to the podcast, or haven't gone super deep with, maybe you've taken a 101 course like I offer, or some other, read some books, or some other training, or something like that, I want to share like what I have found has been really possible with learning this, and why I think it's so valuable to me, why I share it with other people, why I do readings, why I do these podcasts because it's been so life-changing for me. Obviously, it's been a huge part of my life or I wouldn't be doing it. And there's 12 things I want to share today that I think are part of what's really possible with Vedic astrology. There's probably many, many more. You might think of some I missed, but if I could distill it down to as few as possible, probably this would be it. And the first one I want to share about what's really possible with Vedic astrology is knowing yourself. So getting to understand who you are, what makes you tick, what motivates you, your general demeanor, disposition. Now, we all know astrology is about a typology kind of system like the Myers-Briggs or the Strengths Finder or the Enneagram or the Human Design System. These are all great. I love them all. I've used them. I find value in all of them. And they all have their own unique strengths and things that they can share with us about ourselves. Vedic astrology is special in that it is so immense and vast and it covers every area of your life and it is a little deeper. It's a little more challenging to learn than those other systems. Like you can learn your Myers-Briggs type probably in like 10-15 minutes and have a really good sense of like what that means and how to use it and it's usually pretty effective. And we know it's a little more deep than that. There's not just 16 types of people in the world and there's not just 12 types of people in the world like a sun sign. It's a little more deep than that. You're a little more nuanced. You have more complexity than that. But it works. It is a helpful system. But Vedic astrology gives us such a deeper awareness of who we are and what motivates us, how we think and feel. You can see everything in your chart, like your family relationships. You can see medical astrology if you have certain health issues. You can see finances, wealth, career. You can't see all that through knowing you're an INTP or whatever type. So it goes very deep into knowing yourself. And as far as I've experienced, and in my opinion, it is the deepest system for really knowing yourself and what to do with all these different aspects of yourself. And then number two goes into that is it's awareness of your strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities. So for example, if you have Sun and Libra, there are some strengths to that. There's some weaknesses to that. There's some opportunities. If you're Sun and Libra, then you're going to be very diplomatic and very understanding of what a group needs and very compassionate to other people. On the challenging side of that, you might be too yielding and too giving to others, too compromising to others and not clear of your own boundaries and your own needs and it can create codependency in relationships. One of the opportunities of that is to be a leader of teams, to be a team player, to be somebody who brings together disparate beliefs and thoughts 
in a way that can be cohesive and collaborative. It's a very powerful thing to have on a team. Right? So you see every placement, every single placement in your chart has this quality to it of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities to find. If you have Mars and Capricorn, right? You might be very good at taking action and initiating things and following a plan and being very strategic. On the weakness side, you might be a little cold and calculated and be too focused on the goal and the outcome. An opportunity for somebody with Mars and Capricorn is to be part of a system and structure where you get to be a leader and influencer in that system and structure and to be somebody who takes a lot of action by following a proven system. And if you don't have that, then you'd see the opportunity to create that in your life. If you're struggling, you have that placement. Like, I don't feel like I'm those things. Well, you see, there's an opportunity there to bring those skills and assets out in yourself. So that, I think, is one of the really cool things about astrology that you don't see too much in other systems. Like, one of the things I like about the Enneagram is there is a direction of growth and a direction of disintegrating, uh, disintegration, uh, integration of yourself. Uh, so I use that quite a bit to understanding the Enneagram. Like I'm a type five in the Enneagram and I grow by being more of a type eight or bringing on more type eight qualities, right? That's a whole other system. I don't teach that yet, <laughs> but I have been studying and using it for so many years that I might end up teaching some stuff on the Enneagram too, because it's cool, but it's a little narrower in scope. It's more of a general personality. Uh, it is very resonant for myself and for a lot of people. But it doesn't see, it doesn't show you these like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities in the same way that you do get with astrology. And it does include some of that. Like it's it's very useful. I definitely recommend using it and applying it. But you don't see things like your family, your relationships, your childhood, your future growth in life, your spiritual path, your spiritual teachers, your health, your where you gain income, how you relate to other people. Right? All of these things are quite clear in astrology. And then timing of events, right? We'll get into all that. But the number three thing I want to share is the validation of your past. This is what you get from astrology, the sense of validation of your past and any challenges you might be going through now. Like if you're going through a Saturn return or a Saturn dasha in, or a sati sati, these are all indicators that could be quite challenging times for you depending on a lot of other factors. It's why it always helps to get a reading and, and see everything more holistically. But a, a good astrologer and astrology reading and understanding of your chart will show you like what's really there, like difficult childhood or difficult relationship or divorces, right? There's a few key indicators that I see and I'll look at that in a reading and before they even say anything, if they're you know over the age where they've probably would have been married, like over mid-20s, there's likely that they might have experienced a divorce. And I, I don't take those things lightly. You know, I have a lot of reverence and gentleness about talking about these kind of difficult things. But there are some clear indicators in a chart of some very difficult things like that, or a loss of a parent, or a loss of a child even, loss of a friend. These things can be seen quite clearly in a chart when you know what to look for. And it gives a sense of validation of like, it makes sense you would have gone through this, right? This energy is present in your life and it's going to express one way or another. Like, for example, one of those placements could indicate a divorce of a, with a partner or it could also indicate that you have a partner in marriage that is long distance or you marry somebody from a foreign country or there is some level of loss in the relationship. Like maybe they need to travel frequently for work and there's a loss of connection in that way. So that's one example of certain indicators I would look for 
to validate somebody's experience. And that's the, one of the things I experienced. My first reading with one of my first teachers, it was so validating. And it was just amazing to sit and hear this person who barely knew me at all. Uh, I had worked with him as a, my yoga teacher trainer, but he validated and just laid out my life. Like, oh, this here, that's there. It would make sense. You'd experience this. And he would ask me, like, did you experience this? Did you have this happen? And yes, yes, and yes. And it was so validating and clarifying of like, oh, okay, it's, I don't need to go so far into like depression or feeling ashamed or guilty for these past experiences. It makes sense that would have happened. And now I get this chance to look at it from this perspective of what do I want to do with those energies? Because like one of those factors was like a loss of father, father out of the picture. And of course, I've never met my father. I've shared about this in the past. It made things more challenging as a child and more difficult. And I didn't experience a lot of the things that kids with a father did. Uh, but that did get me into more uh, other expressions of this same energy. The same placement in the chart that indicates that also indicated a love of the occult and astrology and kundalini yoga and these things that I got really deep into and still am in most of them of like the mystical occult spiritual things. So you have those placements in your chart that could show something really difficult, but there's also an opportunity in that difficulty. And as we've all heard so many times, like we hear from people who go through these massively painful, difficult experiences in their life, and they come out saying that was one of the most positive experiences of my life, and I'm grateful for it, as painful as it was. And I know two people in particular, I, I used to volunteer at this amazing organization in Austin, Texas. Uh, these two children were running from gunfire and actually shot and experienced uh, some, they, they've gone through a lot of cosmetic surgeries to recover from this and and actual surgeries too as well. Uh, but it was very, very painful and very traumatic, obviously. And talking to them about it now in, in recent years, after many years after that experience, they talk about how it was one of the most powerful things that ever happened to them and they're grateful for it and that made them who they are and overcome so much adversity. So that is seen in the chart as well. So number four thing of what's really possible with Vedic astrology is helping you get out of ruts because you see this validation, you see this thing is here. You, okay, it makes sense that you have addiction or you've experienced abuse or you've experienced this trauma. And now at the same time, when you see that challenge, you see there's an opportunity there as well. You see there's another way of possible, possibly working with that same energy because it's just an energetic force. Like when the moon moves, the tides go in and the tides go out. The days get shorter and the days get longer with the seasons and the, and the solstice and equinoxes of the years. So those are just energies. They're neutral in a sense. And as humans, as mammals, with our emotional experience of the universe and the world, we attach a lot of emotion and meaning and story to all of our experiences and we sometimes get into ruts emotionally of that, where essentially a neural pathway is so strongly connected to a certain emotional experience, certain thought, that it's hard to think anything else. And this creates samskaras, these uh, habitual tendencies, these conditioned behaviors and responses that we all are working with in some way or another. It's just part of the human experience. And sometimes we get stuck in those things. Sometimes we get stuck in a belief that, 
I have to do, one of my old beliefs that I had for a long time was I have to do work I don't love just to make money. Uh, because I grew up seeing that's what people did. That's what everyone around me did. They, they, they just did a job. They didn't really love it, but it, made, it paid the bills. So they have to do a job just to pay the bills. And I was really stuck on that for a long time. And I really wanted to get into this possibility that I could have a good, sustainable living doing only work I love. And that I don't have to just do a work, do a job, do work I don't love just to pay the bills. And it took me a long time to get through that belief. And I was really stuck in that. And I was stuck in a depression for many years, many years ago. And the astrology just gave me this new perspective of how to see that, how to see what was happening and see what is possible to work with that. Yoga and meditation helped tremendously for me. And that's really why I got into Vedic astrology instead of Western from doing so much yoga and meditation. I got in touch with really my true self. And then I saw that the Vedic astrology was so much more resonant with that true self. And the Western astrology was so much more bringing me into challenges, the more I was sort of following that, seeing what the horoscope said, living, okay, it says I'm moon and cancer, and for this, that means that. For me, that was out of alignment. Doesn't mean that is out of alignment for everyone else, but I've seen that experience so much time with other people I've worked with and students and people over the years, and especially in myself. This is why I ended up going this path. Uh, but I got out of depression, out of a lot of the ruts I was in, the limiting beliefs, the patterns, by applying what I learned from my Vedic astrology, which is really just a reflection of what I was learning from connecting to my true self in yoga and meditation. So if you're not doing any sort of practices like that, of course, I always recommend that. Just something that kind of gets you into sync with your true self. What feels really in alignment and in, in true to you? It's usually that still quiet voice within that's like, maybe you should do yoga today. That would feel great. It's not that loud voice of like, you need this, or you need to do that, or this is the right way, or that's the only way. Those voices usually lead us astray. And number five is seeing your patterns. As I mentioned, seeing your patterns, some scars, your neural pathways that you've conditioned into yourself. As they say, neurons that fire together, wire together. And the more we do something that habitually wires these patterns for us, the easier it is to do that thing. Like if you notice every time you get stressed, you feel this tension in your chest and your reaction to that tension is to smoke a cigarette because it relieves that tension for a moment. That is how addictions are formed. We have these feelings and experiences and we find a way to cope with it and to manage it and navigate that challenge because life can be painful and emotional and difficult at times. And we learn ways to cope with it. And sometimes those ways are healthy and productive and life-giving and sometimes those things are harmful and destructive and create chaos in our lives and create difficulties and more challenges for ourselves sometimes it takes a long time to realize that and when we look at things like your dashas the time periods of your life we can see there are very clearly defined chapters of your life with the planetary time periods and as we see those chapters beginning and ending, there's often major life events like divorces, marriages, kids, buying a house, buying a car, graduating, these big, big life monumental events that sometimes those are just age dependent, like in the U.S., right? You, you finish high school at 18 typically, 
right? There are certain things that are kind of age dependent, but there are a lot of things that are very personal and very much in your own timeline that nobody else is going through that. It's just you because it's your dashas are based on a very precise moment of your birth. And then on top of that, you've got your birth chart and then all these divisional charts and so many other aspects. So even somebody born at the exact same moment as you could have a different chart if they're just born seconds later because of the divisional charts. So your experience is very unique. And if even someone is born at the exact same moment, there's often been some really interesting studies on that of how much uh, parallel those lives can become. But beyond that, you have your unique experiences, your patterns, your conditioning, your parents, how they shape your experience and their karma and everything and your karma you're bringing into this lifetime. So you see those patterns and then that gives you the opportunity to do something with that awareness. And as always in personal growth work, awareness is always the first step, right? If you don't realize that you left the stove on, you're not going to turn the stove off. And then before you know it, the house burns down. So you've got to be aware, oh, I forgot to turn the stove off and go turn it off, right? So you need that awareness first before you can really do anything. Otherwise, you're not going to get up and take action and make the change. Making the change and taking action is often a little more difficult, but I would argue the awareness is sometimes even more difficult because you might not be aware of it until you've repeated it 5, 10, 15 times where it's like, why do I keep ending up in jobs like this? Why do I keep ending up in relationships like this? Well, there's a common denominator and it's not the other person. So if that kind of thing is happening, it's worth exploring and looking within to see what's going on there. And Vedic astrology gives us such an incredible map of what's going on internally. Such an incredible awareness of the dynamics at play. Of It makes sense you would have bosses like this. It makes sense you would have partners like this. And you are seeing these negative expressions ever, these challenging, difficult expressions happening. And at the same time, that is a potential energy. So there's a positive potential too. There's other potential expressions of that. To give another example, like Venus in Aries. Venus, the planet of love and relationships in the sign of Aries, is ambitious, it's driven, but it's also impulsive and quick to start things. So you take these two things, put them together. If you've got Venus Aries in your chart, you might see that you've gone through a string of quick started relationships and they quickly end as well, just as quickly as they start. And you might feel shame, you might feel guilt, you might feel defeated, you might feel hopeless of like I, other people just marry their high school sweetheart and they stay together forever. Why can't that be me? What's wrong with me? Right? All these voices can come up, these patterns of, you start to see this pattern playing out of like, you just keep going one relationship to another. And then you look at you have, oh, I have Venus and Aries. Interesting. Well, that's one expression of it, that you could start and end a lot of relationships. And you might need to work through that to learn the lesson, to have the awareness. And now you can have compassion for yourself and compassion for others. And that's the sixth and seventh thing I want to share, is you see that pattern and it's like, oh, okay, it makes sense that would happen. And if you know somebody who has it and they're struggling with relationships in that way or a similar way, you can have compassion for them because it's it's an energy, it's an influence in their life. They were born into, and you could say that maybe we chose this lifetime and we chose these karmas that we're born into. You could say that it's all the planets. You could say that it's just your own experience and then the planets somehow reflect that. 
But whatever the reason, you can have the sense of compassion and understanding for others and for yourself when you see these kind of energies playing out. Somebody's stuck in a depression or stuck in an addiction. You could look at their chart and see maybe they're going through a difficult dasha or a difficult phase of their life or they have that difficult placement and it's activated in some way and it makes sense that they would be experiencing that. So we have compassion. And when we see those patterns, we can see how to work with them. It's it's like when you know the problem, you're most of the way to the solution. Like Steve Jobs quote, <laughs> I think he said, it's like, when you know the problem, you're 90% of the way to the solution because you've defined the problem clearly. It's like, oh, okay, I left the stove on and I'm not cooking. So obviously I need to turn the stove off. Sometimes it's not as obvious. Sometimes it's more subtle, more difficult for us to see those things, but it's very similar. It's like, okay, I see I keep having this string of failed relationships, failed in quotes, like whatever you define that as. I keep starting and ending relationships and I would like to sustain a relationship longer. Okay, you got Venus and Aries. Well, one of the other ways that could express is that you want to bring a sort of fresh energy into relationships, like doing new things, going on new dates, new adventures, being curious about this person, like maybe going on a first date again, right? There's like uh, different ways you could do that. Like maybe you you pretend that you don't know each other and you pretend you're meeting each other for the first time and having a sort of curious, childlike innocence and playfulness about it. You get the idea. It's like you start to see the possibility and the playfulness and the way this could be more of a game of exploring of, oh, I've got this placement how could we work with that? How could that express in different ways and being more curious and playful about it? Number eight is that you have a sense of meaning and purpose because, okay, now you see you have this certain placement. Let's use a different example. Like you have the moon in Pisces. So that is likely going to be that your mind is very satisfied in living in your imagination and your ideals and your vision and your spiritual experience of the world much more about feeling and really getting into the sense of what feels true and right for you not what is proven right not what someone's opinion is not what someone tells you you should think or feel but it's like what what just feels right to you right this is you know specific to moon and pisces and then when you know that, you have this sense of meaning and purpose of like, that is the direction to go. That is where I'm going to feel lit up if you have that placement. And if you try to go by the book, if you try to just, oh, I should get a degree and do this and get this job and play this role for the moon and Pisces person, you're just going to feel like you're dead inside. Like you're not really listening to yourself. Like you're not really living up to this sort of spiritual ideal that you have or this possibility that you know is possible but if you get around like a spiritual community maybe it's like going to burning man or ecstatic dance or yoga class or a spiritual training or community or retreat like then it's like ah you feel like you're at home you feel like this is the thing that i'm here to do this is why like life happens like this makes life worth living it feels like fun and exciting and this is what matters, right? So that's a specific example for moon and Pisces. Somebody who has like moon and Capricorn might be very, very different from that. Moon and Taurus, right? It's gonna be very different. So 
it's about finding your unique meaning and purpose. And that's just one placement. When you put it all together, all the placements in your chart and the dash you're going through and all the other dynamics, you can make this big sort of map picture, big picture of what is going to have you feel like this sense of meaning and purpose and direction. And this is who I am. This is what I'm here to do. And I'm contributing and I'm in alignment and things are just flowing and I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people saying the right things. Like that kind of synchronicity energy is possible. I just experienced it more and more and more over the years, the more I've gotten into this astrology and this Vedic astrology in particular. And it's it's a really cool, kind of fun, exciting thing to discover. And the meaning and purpose is always evolving too. In a sense, like you could say we're all here to be of service to others, to know ourselves and serve others and contribute in some way in a broad sense. But how you do that or what really lights you up, whether it's like making music or art or poetry or dance, everyone's going to be a little different. And when you see that in your chart and you're like trying to decide or feel into like, you know, even younger people, older people, all the people I've talked to in readings of all ages, this comes up of like, you know, I'm thinking about going back into painting again, or, or maybe I should explore this path. And when you look at your chart, it's like, there's some very clear indicators of like, that would be very favorable. And if you bring in this part of yourself into that art or into that career, you're going to feel even more fulfilled. It's really cool. So like, uh, seeing that in my chart, in my first reading with my first teacher, my mentor, he, he showed me like, oh, like if you don't have multiple careers going on or multiple things going on, a lot of mental stimulation in your work, you're not going to be happy or fulfilled. So you need that to really feel fulfilled. And I was like, so resonant. It's like, yes, that is very true for me. I really get that. And uh, that's moon and Gemini in my 10th house of career. It's like this moon, our mind and emotions and Gemini, this dualistic, playful, curious, explorative kind of energy in multiple things going on in the career, right? So, and I do that and I feel very fulfilled. And when I've tried to suppress that or think, oh, maybe I should just put all my eggs in one basket or just focus on this one thing, it's, it doesn't go as well. I don't feel as fulfilled. So number nine thing I want to share is just a clearer perspective of current events and world events. So with COVID happening, this recent, you know, we're still kind of in that and we look at the Saturn transits and it makes perfect sense why. And I've been sharing over the past couple of years all about that. And you look at things like Rahu going into Ardra Nakshatra. This happens every time this happens, every 18 years, there's a major world changing event like COVID, like 9-11. All the way back through history, Rahu and Ardra is an indicator of this major world changing event. And it will be again in about 16 years. <clears throat> so we can see these world events through this perspective of, oh, there's a cycle playing out. There's a cycle of time and history. When the Black Plague happened, there was this conjunction of Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn in Capricorn that also happened in March 2020. So pretty amazing stuff that there are these synchronicities throughout time and history in these patterns. The American and French revolutions happened during the same time that Pluto was in Capricorn in the 1770s, 1790s, and it is again now. Pluto just came into Capricorn in 2020, and we see all this political upheaval and this talk about revolutions and insurrections and big world-changing events and the new world order changing of the world, where China is becoming much more powerful and 
all this stuff. And that is, again, in the history of astrology. You can look at the transits, and that's what's especially relevant and powerful about Vedic astrology is because those dates line up so precisely. They actually line up a, a bit in Western astrology, uh, but as you if you pay attention to any Western astrology, you'll hear them say like, oh, now this is happening, and it just doesn't line up with current events. Uh, that's a side note, and to go back to the past episode on the biggest mistakes people make with astrology. But when we know astrology, it gives us a sense of, okay, it makes sense these world events are happening. Like another one that I've been talking about as well coming up is uh, when Saturn moves into Taurus, there's always this releasing of an old currency. Saturn represents structures and systems. Taurus represents wealth and currency. And Saturn represents restrictions as well and limitations. So it's like these new limitations on currency, like all throughout history when this happens. It's like bringing, uh, getting rid of the gold standard, getting rid of uh, the former currencies in the European Union and the euro becoming the main currency. And all throughout history when Saturn goes into Taurus, there's this ending of an old currency where you turn it into the government you give it back and saturn represents government as well so taurus representing wealth and the wealth redistributing moving changing in relation to the government so many examples like this and this is what i love about getting into research and astrology and i love doing research and yes that's in my birth chart too and it was very validating when i found that it's like oh yeah i actually really love that stuff uh, but this is one of the really cool things about astrology. It just puts everything into perspective. While everyone's fighting about left and right and this and that, and you have to believe this or you can never believe that, you can see, oh, it makes sense this would be happening. There's a lot of indicators now similar to past Civil War events and so much more. I talk about these in the weekly horoscopes, but that's a really cool thing that kind of gets us to step out of the minutia and the infighting and the bickering and the, the polarization and disconnection between people based on a thought or an opinion or an experience they've had. Number 10 is you make wiser decisions in the present moment. You get the sense of what is the right thing to do at the right time in the right place with the right person. And it just this intuition is so much stronger because we're actually... <laughs> Uh, following what's happening in the universe, right? Like, uh, there's some old Joe Rogan joke I heard from one of his old stand-ups where he's talking about how we're always looking for, like, the next thing, the new thing, this exciting new thing here on Earth in our experience. But we, how often do we actually look up into the stars and look out there and, like, oh, my God, there's so much crazy stuff happening all the time. There's stars exploding, there's black holes, there's galaxies, there's so much that we don't know yet. There's constant meteor showers, there's meteors coming into the earth all the time that we're not even aware of, we don't even notice. And if you get out into the country where it's really dark at night, you can just look up and see it's just endless, it's just endless. Like I got to use a telescope a couple weeks ago and just look again and just just fix it on one part of the sky and in that one little circle you can probably you can visibly see like hundreds of stars you just move it an inch down hundreds more stars another inch down hundreds more stars it's just endless and we don't know much about any of it but we do know what's happening in our solar system and in our our little corner of the universe 
And when we pay attention to that, we can see there's patterns. There's very, very clear patterns. And when we know those patterns, we can work with them. And we can use that information to make wiser decisions. And we can know our dashas are coming up and know, okay, these are some of the strengths and opportunities in that time period to work with and use that time well. Like, for example, for me personally, I'm in the Saturn dasha. It feels like it's been forever. It's a long time period since 2008 for me. And when that dasha began, there was a major, major turning point. I got robbed. It was a whole thing. It was very intense and life-changing and it really set me on this path of, okay, I'm, I'm all in on this spiritual stuff. Let me, let me learn as much as I can about that. It's often that's the case for a lot of people. We go through some sort of crises. Uh, but learning that I was in the Saturn Dasha and that was the Saturn Dasha beginning and I've been in it, it makes it so much clearer of like, okay, discipline is very important to me. Having structures in my life is very important to me. When I don't have a clear schedule, I struggle. I don't function as well. I'm not as clear. I'm not as intentional and I'm not as happy and fulfilled if I don't have a structure, if I don't have disciplines, if I don't have teachers in my life, because these are all things Saturn represents. If I'm not being of service, these are all Saturnine things. If you're in the Venus Dasha, it's very different, right? Relationship things. And you're also going to look where Venus is in your chart to understand that. So whatever Dasha you're in, that planet is dominant, that placement it has is dominant. And that helps clarify a lot of the big picture decisions of that time. And then the the more uh, short term relative to the Dashas, transits of like Saturn, Jupiter, Rahu, and Ketu kind of fleshes out what's going on year over year, month over month, week over week for you and see, okay, this is probably not the best time to buy a new computer or to move across the country, or this is probably the best time to get married or have kids or do this or that, or sign up for this program or go to this college or this or that. So it's really, really helpful in making wiser decisions. And a lot of the readings I give, people are asking like, should I do this or that? Or what about this? And my mentor would not give me a good answer. He would not tell me. He would say, you know, you, you, you have the answer. And I uh, resented him at first. It's like, I wish he would just tell me. He probably knows something I don't know. What does he know that I don't know? And it turned out that he was really just trying to guide me towards my true self and my inner awareness. And yes, he showed me the astrology of like, okay, this is this and there's that. And essentially like dumped out the toy box and said, here are the toys that you've got to work with. And uh, I trust that you'll do what is right for you. I'm not going to try to tell you for you because that would be taking your authority and power, essentially. He didn't say it like that, but that's what it is. You know, if you try to go around telling everybody what they should do because you saw their birth chart, you're really trying to step in and take over their autonomy and power, which is, by definition, disempowering and disconnecting. And it disconnects you from them and them from their true self and really you from your true self because you're trying to play God and this whole thing in that. There's a whole karmic debt in that that I would not recommend on anybody. Uh, but it taught me early on of like, the astrology gives you perspective. It's like, here's what's going on. Here's the weather report. And now you decide, do you want to sing and dance in the rain? Do you want to stay inside and have a cozy afternoon? Whatever, you get to choose what to do with it. Your intuition is always going to know what's best for you, but it really helps your intuition to have a clear sense of what's going on. Number 11 is you can plan with confidence for your future. So if you know you've got this big dasha coming up, this big turning point, you're going into your Saturn return or Sati Sati or this big life event, 
this transit coming up, Rahu is going to move, you know, by transit for everybody. So how is it affecting your chart? You know, your annual chart and the, uh, the big theme of that year, all of this is invaluable. And I plan my life around astrology. And that's how I ended up making the mindful new year course that I do every year at the end of the year. Uh, that's really a big part of the Vedic astrology mentorship. When I do enrollment, when I open the programs, when I do all this, has a lot to do with the timing of events. And that's really what in ancient times astrology was used for in the Vedic texts. Astrology was first, and a lot of timekeeping was really just first of finding auspicious time for rituals, and then eventually carried over into everything else and auspicious times for everything. But planning with astrology is so cool and so helpful and so clarifying of like, yeah, avoid that date, definitely go with that date. Number 12, and lastly, so many things I could say, obviously it's going long, but creating healthier relationships. Because when you know yourself, you know who you are and you know how you're showing up for others. And when you know yourself, you know how you can show up better for others. And it helps you understand yourself, be more compassionate for yourself. And that naturally allows you to be more compassionate and understanding of others which is one of the best things you can do for yourself and for other people in your life. And it shows you what kind of relationships you're likely to have, what kind of strengths and challenges and weaknesses you have in relationships. So you don't put it all on the other person and say, oh, they are the problem and they're doing this and they're doing that. You can look at your chart. You can look at the things that are in your life and your dashas and all the things going on for you personally and see how it would make sense you would attract that kind of partner and attract those qualities and bring those qualities out of that partner. Because you might show up in one way with one relationship, you might show up in a very different way with another relationship because you're activating different things in your charts. And there's a whole science to the synastry of charts and seeing the compatibility in the relationship and what you bring out of each other that is beyond the scope of this right now. But all that to say is like you can see what kind of relationship patterns you would have, what kind of relationship strengths and challenges you bring out in each other, and then know how to work with it. You have this awareness of it. It's like, oh, okay, I see what I can do with that dynamic. It's much more empowering and much more about how you interact with others. Because if you focus everything on them and they need to change and they're doing this or they're doing that or they're not doing this, that's all disempowering. It's all disconnecting from you, from yourself, you from them, and really your whole relationship from its potential. So when you connect to yourself and you you trust that they have that relationship in themselves, you're not trying to make them do that. Uh, if they want to do that, they can do that. But you are showing up of curiosity and understanding of like, oh, I can see this part of myself, how that plays out, and choose how I want to engage with that in this relationship dynamic. So those are 12 things I think are really what's possible with Vedic Astrology among so many others. And I teach all of this inside of the Vedic Astrology Mentorship, quietmindastrology.com slash mentorship or the link in the show notes. Enrollment is open for a limited time. And we go into all this and so much more. And you've got plenty of time for one-on-one -on -one readings, asking all the questions you want. There's lifetime access because... Some old texts say that it takes like nine lifetimes to learn Vedic astrology and master it. Well, I've got one of your lifetimes covered in this program. I'm going to do my best for as long as you want to be involved in learning. I'll be sharing stuff and doing mentoring calls and trainings 
And there's always a lot of cool stuff happening in the group. Amazing, amazing group from around the world. Some of them have gone on to create their own businesses, sharing astrology. Some of them just do it from themselves. Uh, some of them in between. Wherever you're at along the way, if you want to learn Vedic astrology, this is the most comprehensive, in-depth, step-by-step program to do it. And yes, I've tried them all out there, and I'm always learning and growing myself and trying to make the best possible program I can to share this thing that I love. So that's that astrologymentorship.com. You can check it out right now. Enrollment will close very soon, and I'll focus on serving everyone in the program. So check it out right now if you can. If you're checking this out later, you'll be able to get on the wait list. So astrologymentorship.com. All right, thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day.